It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every, that's right, every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid. Featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. For all your fantasy football needs, check out the Ringer Fantasy Football Show with me, Danny Kelly, along with Danny Heifetz and Craig Horlbeck. That's the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Dating life, like we talk about things on the pre and post game set when it comes to you and Jason Benetti in two terms, and in two, I, I, I should say instances. Okay, they come in two frames. Man, he's fucking amazing at his gig. <laughs> and the other thing is, when does this man find time for himself? <laughs> you know what I mean? Jason <laughs> Benetti and you are out here racking up freaking flyer miles uh, yeah. left and right. Sure. Um, and of course, you guys are strapping young lads as well but adam me man when do you when do you find time for yourself especially now that uh, football is oh, getting ready to over kick time in. for yourself yeah over. yeah and of course basketball season you know it's right around the corner. yeah so when do you when do you find adam time and how do you find adam time man so the last few months it's all been like the music stuff has been a nice like. Let me step away. Mm-hmm. You, you know that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where Matthew McConaughey's McConaughey's like, you know that that famous scene where he's like, it's all above the shoulders, acidic mustard shit. Yeah, you know, like it's just it. going like digits and numbers and like you. I need something. This is after you feed the geese. This is bad. <laughs> yeah, that's why. <fine. laughs> you want to do a 
before lunch hey, man. and after you work out. You gotta uh, do what you gotta do, bro. Well, pump, pump up those numbers. Hey. Uh, <laughs> rookie numbers. rookie numbers. Oh shit, this is gonna be this whole podcast. <laughs> this is the whole thing. This is, like, no, no. This is, this is well, I'm so giving you the old sports here's, rule enough. Here's, here's, here's a great aside. All my friends, like my closest friends, yourself included, are just, we just do bits the yeah. whole time. It's just, I've found it. this bit. I'm not. I'm riding this bit until it's not funny yeah. anymore. Yeah, um, and, and, and that would be never. That and that's never typically. Yeah, um, yeah like the, this summer was a lot of the music stuff. It was something creative. It was, uh, but that it's still though, like the one thing that I'm terrible at is doing shit that I'm not great at. Because <laughs> if I'm not great at something, I'm like, why am I wasting my time with something? And if I'm not, if I want to do something and I'm not great at it, I'm like, well, I'm gonna keep doing this until I'm great at it. And now the whole framework of how I view this supposedly fun enjoyable hobby is now how am i gonna Process. impress the shit out of people with this? right because <laughs> that yeah. that's the insecurity yeah. all that is the, the insecurity though i know we were joking about it with with uh, young kyle there but that's that's what it is it's all it's like my all my insecurities have made me great like and i'm, I'm saying this as a person who sounds like a narcissist for that five seconds and i can promise you that in 20 seconds i'm going to question everything i've said on this podcast for the next week because that's just how i've conditioned my brain over the course of 20 let's call it 25 years 20 years even going back to like being a teenager Mm -hmm. basically from the time i could drive my insecurities have been structured as such so that i can suffer from them and then use them to motivate or enhance any skills that i have and try to formulate them as best as possible it's all based off of insecurities and it's all based off of ego and it's all based of, based off of that. And that's how I've, I've created time. So like, it sucks trying to find, find stuff to do that you like. It's like, I'm not good at this. It's like, I'm not good at this. What the fuck am I doing? Like, like I, I didn't know how to play spades. I download, cause like, we were, I was, you know, I was driving around with some of my friends. They're like, well, you play spades. I was like, I played spades. I don't know how to play spades anymore. He's like, you need to play spades. You can hang out with us. I was like, all right. So I'm going to learn how to play spades again. And now all I do is sit on my phone and I cannot stop playing spades because I'm like, I really want to know every fucking angle that I'm coming in with. Cause if I, if I step into a situation where I'd be good at it, is this that, which one is it? No, no, it's not. It's I got the, I got the yellow one. I got it. Um, we got to download this because I was forced to download. This. I have, I have, that's my right, I got you. Right, so. I'll jump on with you. Okay. So like now I have like, that's, that's what I have to do. So any little hobby that I might enjoy, it just becomes like, how do I become great at this? So I'm not great at like finding time for myself unless there's like a purpose for it, which sucks. There's value to it, certainly. But I think the other thing you kind of mentioned, like, like I've recently just started seeing somebody that I'm really close to. Like mm-hmm. we basically have been friends for years and now, you know, she's, you know, we're dating. Right. And she, it's a long distance thing, but like that doesn't matter to me because to me, it's, I, this is the time that I want to spend on FaceTime or on the phone or whatever. Like that becomes the outlet for a lot of this stuff. Like all those insecurities kind of go away with people that you're comfortable with, you know, this moment included. That's that's the time that I value the most because it's not going to come in hanging out on the weekends like right. your like your friends do or my friends do that aren't in this business. Like, oh, we're going to go to the bar this weekend. We're going to go, you know, tear it up, right? We're going to go get some dinner. Then we're going to go go to the casino or we're going to go to a club or whatever it is. That's not it. Not like, I don't like doing that stuff. I like going to those things to perform. I'm a performer at heart. And everything else takes a backseat to that, except for my relationships with people. Dude, I'm so happy that you mentioned certain things that I'm sure people out there who are in similar positions or maybe just are in a similar position, but a different industry. 
like how much your insecurities drive mm-hmm. you. Because I have this conversation with myself quite often sure. about like when I mess up, you know, anybody around me who is aware of the screw up, who tells me like it's, you know, it's all good or whatever. I'm like, no, no it's no, not. No, it's no, not. It's not. No, it's not. <laughs> like, we, it is we, absolutely we didn't not. come out of a box like this. Like when I first started, that wouldn't have been good enough. Yeah. So in this moment where it's all good, yeah. it ain't all no, good. It's not all and good. It's gonna drive me to to make sure that it's all good at some point. And you know what? We're never gonna be all good. No. You know, I'm 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 simply just sitting here trying my hardest to be as good at something that I told myself I was, and then other people started telling me I was, and now we can rock and roll. But there will never be a perfecting of yeah. any craft for me because the insecurities. Uh, will jump out and you'll hear things or you'll see things that nobody else is hearing and seeing. Yep. And then you confide in people and tell them, oh, no, that's fine. And you're like, no, 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 it's not fine. It's not, I, it's it, the psychosis in it. It's no, like, the fact that you mentioned that just now, like, yeah. But it's a cycle that I can't, I don't want to get out of. As much as I, I want to say, like, I go therapy, I talk about this stuff. There's a part of me and a pretty big part of me that does not want to get out of the cycle because... It's worked so damn well. <laughs> and then they tell you that's your anxiety telling you that. It's so it's worked so well <laughs> to get to this point. Like I'm saying this is something again, I I I am more comfortable in my skin now and like in this very moment, and I hope that will continue, than I have been at any point in my life. Good, bro. And part of that is recognizing ego and narcissism are present and how do I take advantage of them? How do I use them to my advantage? And how do I not take it out or apply it to other people so that they have to deal with it. I don't want other people to deal with those things. That's the difference. Like there are narcissists out there that want you to know I'm the fucking best at this. I am great at this. I'm better than you at this. And I'm going to make sure that you recognize it. And I want you to tell me how great I am at these things. And I, I, this is the the part, that part of my brain desires praise. I want to be told you're great. You're awesome at this. and, And we love how you do this. And it always feels good if and when people do say that, but I don't want it to become the thing that drives me. I want my own self-loathing to be the thing that keeps me going. Cause then I don't have to, I don't need anybody else to deal with it. I don't want other people to deal with my insecurities. I like talking about them. I like talking about them in this fashion because it makes them seem a little less uh, frightening and a little less, uh, you know, like a little less scary. And and you kind of, you kind of take away some of the sting and the bluntness of it. But at the same time, like, I know who I am at this point. My ego has made me great at what I do. And I feel get comfortable saying that as for the first should. time. I feel, I think should. I'm great. At, I don't think I'm the best at what I do. I think I'm great at it. And I want to be the best at it. And what you said is, is very clear. Like, I strive for perfection knowing that it is not possible. You strive for it knowing that it's not possible. And I tell that to young guys now, young broadcasters, men and women who do this. Like, your ego is going to get in the way. Your insecurities are going to get in the way. That's fine. Your job is to try to create a process for yourself that allows you to do whatever best work you need to do, but don't make it everybody else's bullshit. It's your bullshit and you create it and mold it however you can so that you feel good about the work that you're doing. Strive for perfection. Understand it's never going to come. But if you seek it and fail, that's not a failure. Like that's the type of language that you've probably dealt with in therapy. Mm-hmm. You probably dealt with Pia's probably talked to oh, talk yeah. to you about that a lot. Oh, yeah. I've talked to my therapists over the years about that. Like that's the goal. That's the goal is to try to get it to that point. 
And I'm not saying it works for everybody. It works for me. And the, that doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> and it, it's not supposed to because you're not everybody. Not right? everybody. And, well, and that's, that's a fucking lesson to learn, too. Well, like, you're, not, you're not everybody, and you're not for everybody. Yo. <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> Chris Kyle, go ahead and go ahead and uh, put, a put a strip on the bar. Yeah, you want to put a, yeah, put a pot of coffee on? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's gonna be a long, you know, it's gonna be a long damn night. I'm not those Chicago White Sox. Yeah, so Chris Getz, <laughs> no, 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 new general manager. Learning to dance in that discomfort is the only way that um that any of this happens uh, organically, right? And especially now with the consumer wanting the realest thing of you and sometimes the real is boring but, you know because it's so crazy well, i don't have to deal with that you have to deal 100%. with that i listen to 100%. this pod every week i am a devoted you, listener and fan of all of you guys and, and i mean that with chris and kyle as well and, and our man tony who's, yeah, who's, who's doing his thing despite being the uh Negative contrarian. Now that's that's the role that he took. No, with, uh, I don't know, guys. I don't. I don't think he's going to go over eight hundred yards. It's just. I don't yeah, that was. Yeah, it's like seven, eight, eight wins feels like a lot. Seven and a half sacks for a guy. I'm not, I'm not saying he's wrong. He's sounding logical. He's just. I'm just. I just feel like he's playing the contrarian. Thing. No, totally. But you, you, he's you, middle management now. That's what he's. You know? <laughs> yeah, wait, but well, he's, listen. He's maybe it's on the way. It's truly middle management at this point. All right. Oh, yeah, like, no. you, you, he's, you he's lost control of his life. You are the go-between, and you have to make sure everybody's all right. You can take a damn backseat. <laughs> but like you, you deal with this. You have to be unique. I don't. I my uniqueness on in my job comes from. Do I say the right thing? And a lot of people can say the right thing. Jason Benetti says the right thing. I try to say the right thing. It just comes in different fashions and a little bit of different. But nobody cares. They just the moment is what is king. The moment itself, and what we say to it hopefully complements and enhances it. For you, you are the moment. You are you're an icon. You're like you know you have to you have to create this from nothing. From just here's the content that comes in, and I have to formulate it and structure it in a way that is unique. Sounding unique, looking, and you have to be proud of it too. That's hard. Like yeah. that's to me, that's a harder job than what I do. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Golf after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kids' education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Get out your game day gear because college football is back and FanDuel wants you to join in on the fun. Right now, all customers can get a no-sweat bet for week one. Just place a bet on any week one college football game and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. I'm going with a five-team parlay here because I'm feeling real frisky, all right? My college football itch is getting ready to be scratched here. I have, and and make sure you, you count this up, ladies and gentlemen. I got five teams for you. I got some Big Ten action, and 
I got the game of the week. I got Purdue staying within four and a half of those Fresno State Bulldogs. I think Ryan Day and the new look offense without C.J. Stroud of the Ohio State Buckeyes is going to blow out the Indiana Hoosiers by more than the 29 and a half that they have been spotted. And course nebraska matt rule against coach prime in colorado eight and a half points being given to the nebraska Cornhuskers. i'm going with nebraska and i think that the michigan state spartans are going to stay around the area of a good washington huskies team a team that many people think might pull off the pac 10 or pac 12 whatever they're calling that conference these days. Michigan State is getting an 11.5. I like that number a lot. So once again, Michigan State plus 11.5, Nebraska minus 8.5, Texas plus 6.5 at Alabama. I think Quinn Ewers and the Texas Longhorns are going to make that thing a game. I got Ryan Day minus 29.5 against the Indiana Hoosiers, and I got the Purdue Boilermakers in West Lafayette getting 4.5 against the Fresno State Bulldogs. Just visit FanDuel.com slash FullGo. That's FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-L-G-O and kick off the college football season with America's number one sportsbook. 21 plus and present in select states. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at Sportsbook.FanDuel.com. The Full Go. With Jason Golf. So every time I feel I have a bad one of these or a bad segment or whatever the case may be, it's because I didn't talk about the things that I wanted to talk about. Sure. So, you know, we for from a from a very, very early point in my career that I'm talking about internship mm-hmm. and then part-time production, full-time production, part-time host, full-time host, and all the things. So it's a natural progression yeah. that many people are not willing to go through. Well, you're yeah, willing to go oh through. Oh, my God. Uh, back in the days when internships was like six and a half, seven months. <laughs> you know, now now you get, you get your eight weeks Kyle, in. Kyle's a week and a half away oh. from taking over this damn thing. Listen, right? listen, I mean, look at, look at that. Look at, I, don't, I don't let that that bright, fluorescent oh, smile, smile fool me at all. It's smile. All right. Yeah. I'm not I'm not like all those women out there yeah. that, that fall, yeah. you know, and buckle their knees every time they see you yeah. flash them the pearly whites. All right. I'm not fooled. That's that's the that's the North Shore serial lover boy right there. Don't you ever get it twisted right there. We fucking told <laughs> you know Man, it I, it only took you twenty minutes to figure that out, man. Not fooling me. Yeah, not with Kyle. Not with Kyle. Like he this is the he's starting to repost the the the, 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 the pod now, you know, his name. I scroll This is just content for you. Like, his name is his name is like, in the credits now. You don't understand. This is I'm wingmanning shit out of oh, here. Right dude, he's about to this is this is for you. Me. This is for you. And it's the fourth quarter and a cold winter coming up. It's gonna be a lot of lonely, lonely people is out here. Us, yeah, Kyle. Ladies and gentlemen, if you need Kyle Wayne, that's right. Kyle, cuffing season. And it's trials for cuffing season. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. I've enjoyed hearing Chris and Kyle more as as more part of the pod. I do. I, I truly. I really. I talk enjoy, too much. I enjoy your interjections. Kyle. Kyle still has to me. The first date face on where he's like, you know, trying to put his best foot yeah, forward. Right yeah, now. saying hi to mom, you know, making sure he's not, you know, doing anything. Mamming mam- and stirring nah, everybody yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the, the natural progression. The progression, dog. It's, it's, um, I've always thought, man, this is what they want to hear, but this is what I want to talk about. 
and then you meet a, at the, the the crossroads sure. of sometimes breaking news or things of that nature. Like I've I've been bored for a long time with some of the things that I constantly hear get talked about. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to me now and this platform and you know, Bill allowing me to do my thing and Steve Sarui getting this thing off the ground and Chris Tannehill and I get to hang out with my guys and Tony and Chris and Kyle. It's like, I want to kick it the way that I'm used to kicking it. And it's still 22 years, 21 years in, there's still that governor that mm -hmm. I don't break enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can, I know it and I know my guys know it when it's something like, oh, that, that one felt different than the other ones. Yeah. Right. And it's just constantly trying to catch that feeling or feel that vibe. And some days I come in here and, you know, they know some days I come in here and I'm not feeling well, or some days I come in here and, you know, things ain't going the best, you know, in the house or, yeah. you know, I got a six year old son. I'm worried about that all the time. And I still got to get it on. Yeah. Like there are times and my bedroom's right around the corner from the office. There are times where I have been dead tired, dead sick but you know for 45 minutes to an hour i gotta i gotta give it to whoever's out there that chose to try to play when you are not at your best um how do you get there for the two and a half three hours three and a half because i know you do meticulous note taking i know you do ridiculous amounts of study the fact that you do what you do at the level that you do it in several different sports is just confounding. So when you're not feeling it, when you're, when you're about to have your yeah. flu game, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what happens? Like, how do you, how do you get it together so that nobody else knows that I'm not feeling my best right now? It, it got to a point where you had to learn how to flip a switch. There is like a physical flipping of the switch, like in your head. You know, it's uh, not not to go all like Stallone and over the top with the hat. Right? Like, <laughs> like a switch, and then it's like turns up. Yeah. Um, shout, out, shout out to his androgynous <laughs> son, who he constantly had to get into fights for throughout the entirety of that movie. Man, by the way. I was like, hey, Michael was always whining about something. Um, but like, I've had I, okay. I'll, I'll, the, the worst time of this was five years ago. That was when my dad died. Mm -hmm. And I've talked about this plenty and it's like, I almost get tired of talking about it because like I have a very reverential feeling about my father. And then as time goes and you learn more about it, especially like now I'm closer with my mom than I ever have, just because mm -hmm. you know, it's a natural thing that's right. going to happen right. in a family dynamic. And like you learn more shit about your family and you more learn more shit about your dad. It's like, he was not a perfect person the way you kind of formulated and created in your head. And that's okay. Like that's the other thing I had to come to terms with. Like, that's okay. That's not a big deal that that's the case. Immediately after he passed away, though, like I said, the reason I kind of like get tired of talking about it is because I don't want it to be the thing that defines me for a long time. It was. Right. But now it's just a chapter, which is good. That's growth. So after it happened, I was like, how am I even going to like get excited about any of this stuff anymore? Because that's how you like, that's, that's how you approach it. You're like, I'm excited to do this. You know, I'm excited to show up. I'm excited to watch this game, work with this person, see what happens in, in, in this this three-hour frame framework right mm -hmm. like we're it, it's games like you guys do the same shit on your couch like this is why you get excited like man i can't wait to get home watch this game watch my team watch this matchup whatever it is so that was easy and that's still easy to this day but the hardest time was trying to figure out how do you do it when like it doesn't seem that important anymore, or get into the mental framework where you make this the biggest thing you know going right like the reason i prep so hard is because now i'm invested if I prep hard, I'm invested in this game and I want it to be great. And I'm disappointed when it's not. 
but I'm excited to tell stories if the game's out of out of line or whatever. It's mm-hmm. not even fun anymore. I'm excited to, you know, call a big big moment when it does come up. It was hard after he died because it's like, well, none of this matters anymore. So I had to think about how do I realize that the stuff that I'm doing still matters to people. It does. And you have to remember that you're doing this for an audience, the way you just said you you articulated it perfectly. Like you still have to get up for the people who decided to press play. My job as a professional is to show up and give you what I have. And it may not be everything that I can give you that night, but my job is to give you whatever I have in terms of my knowledge, my interpretations, my contextualizations of what I've learned and what I'm seeing and how those two things combine in my brain. Mm-hmm. So I can deliver to you the message that I want to deliver to you. So you have an understanding of what you're, what you're watching or listening to. Like that's my job. And when I, when I was able to get past it after a couple of weeks of struggling, because I struggled for a long time and a long time for me is, you know, 10, 12 games worth of just like, this isn't fun. I, I don't want to fucking fly to Cleveland this morning to do cabs and, <clears throat> cabs and jazz tonight on radio. I don't feel like it. I don't want to do this. I don't want to get on a plane to go to Albany to do this second round women's tournament game. I don't want to mm-hmm. do it. But, you know, like eventually you kind of get back into a flow of it and realize like this is joyful. It's supposed to be joyful. It's supposed to be fun. That's the other part for you guys. It's hard. Like you have to delve in to the muck of it. Whereas I do to the extent that it impacts the game or the people that are participating in the game that I'm covering. But we don't have to do the deep dives into it. I don't have to contextualize it right then and there. You do. So when you do tune into the game that I'm calling, my job as a pro is to give you everything that I have for those two to four hours, whatever it is, so that you feel comfortable into you know comfortable enough to enjoy what we're putting out there for you in the game that's taking place. And that's not the easiest thing to do. It's definitely a first world problem. All this shit is first world problems in comparison to, but if you, that's the other thing, like you keep playing the comparative suffering game, you're going to drive yourself fucking crazy. So there's no, there's no point in doing that. So in the context of what you and I do, that's our job. Our job is to get up, be invested in the thing that we cover. And the investment is what allows me to enjoy it regardless of the game or regardless of what I'm feeling. Cause I know that space is for me and for you and for the fans watching at home, or we're going to have a good time. And then, I'm going to get out of here. Right. You guys are going to move on with your lives and we'll reconvene in a couple of days. Right, right. We'll meet back up right here exactly. so that nobody knows what's going on with the other, but we all know what we're here for. I'm here, I'm here as a fan and you don't want to know what's going on in my life. <laughs> I'm here as a broadcaster. You damn sure don't want to yeah. know what's going on in my they, life. We'll meet at this spot. Like, I like doing stuff like this because you do get a, a glimpse of it and there's going to be some people like, oh, it's Jason that I'm talking and then like, they're jarred by this conversation. Yeah, right, right. That's, right. Fine. That's everything, fine. Oh, yeah, you're going to get a whole bunch of phone Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going to get a listen. You don't have to DM okay? me. Everything's great. It's this not. is how I speak now. Just, at 36 years old. Like, know your love. He's <laughs> <laughs> just going up to a whole bunch of text messages. The, the, a bunch of hearts. Exactly. <laughs> the reason I can speak like this is because I know I am. 100%. That's what it is. Like I'm, I'm comfortable speaking speaking like this and with you about this because I know you're in a similar framework. Uh, yeah. You know, you just made me think about something that I always kind of um, like. It's it's custom now for me to be uh, bringing people behind the scenes or like this is what my life is. And oh, by the way, here's what sports. Like I've always. You know, I grew up with this and at a very early age, kind of just started living my life in front of people at 19, 20, 21 years old. But I think about 
when you mentioned about it not mattering as much or not meaning as much and the humanization part for me is like the next um, chapter for me because for years it was just like, hey, I can't wait till I get a microphone so I can tell the stories from my angle yeah. that I listened to for years as a kid. Sure. Right? Like I, I listen to Dan McNeil, I listen to Terry Boars, I listen to Dan Jiggets, I listen to Mike North, I listen to these dudes from different parts of society, life, hell, the city, yeah. all these things, the world of the, you know, Dan. Dan Jenkins grew up in New York, yep. went to Harvard, you know what I mean? Head of his class, you know, played for the Bears. Yep. He is partnered with a dude who had a hot dog stand, a successful one, yep. but a hot dog stand. And, and you know, Mike North was Chicago through and through. 100%. And they made music, right? And for me, it was like, I can't wait till I get a microphone to kind of make that kind of music. <laughs> and then you get into it and the tunes sound the same. Yeah. And you, you get bored. Or and you don't know why, get, too. Like when you're, you're like, why is this not the right. way I want it to be? COVID hit. And it's crazy because college football is on the, the, the television right now. Yeah. The one thing that I lost and that I'm still trying to get back post-introduction to COVID, because COVID ain't gone nowhere, sure. by the way. Especially now. Yeah, if you're in the airports or if you're... If you're traveling anywhere, you see people masking up and it's happening again. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was, man, this doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter to the level and to the extent of now we've got kids fighting to play football and parents who are living through those kids said, please let my son yeah. go out there. And, and it, it, was, it was only college stuff, too. Because I get I, it was right at the time I left ESPN right when COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And I went to Fox to cover the NFL full time and I cover and I got the Bulls job full time. Right, right. But I was covering baseball at, at that point, too. And I'm doing games out of studios with virtual fans. We're putting it, you know, like it looks like a PlayStation game or whatever. But like I was still like, you know what? These guys are professionals. This is their job. Their job is to entertain. They're entertainers, performers, and athletes, all in some form or fashion in some combination. Like they're out here to do that. My job as a professional is to cover that. Mm -hmm. With the kids, you know, not to not to get, you know, get off my lawn on it, but like it's like they these kids don't know. UCF Kent State in 2020 doesn't matter. Watch it. It was sad. Yeah. Watching the NFL and covering the NFL and being on site was like, it's weird. But I appreciate that fans have something to watch on a Sunday mm -hmm. and that these guys are, are willing to go through the protocols for the most part. You know, some guys weren't, but like willing to go through this so that they could They're this. adults. They're adults. And this is this is what they've been tasked with. Tasked with, as in job. This is your job. It didn't feel the same with these, with, with a bunch of 19, 20-year-olds that are, you know, that was the least fun NCAA tournament of all time. Because some 19, Jalen Suggs is trying to do his thing. And it's like, that didn't feel right having to put this kid at 19, you just got out of high school and now you're putting him on national TV and entertain me, young man, right. while all this is going on. Right. And oh, by the way, we know how healthy you are. So go ahead and take this back to the elderly folks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Like like it just, that it just that was the other thing too. We were like, yeah, oh, we're doing this to the healthiest of people. I'm like, eh, but maybe just maybe Graham Graham yeah. is hoping that, <laughs> you know, she makes it through this thing on tape. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I said, I and again, I'm not, it's, this isn't a pedestal. No, not at all. I think it's just, this is in the moment. I'm like, I can't get excited for this. Yeah. I can't generate that excitement. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. 
They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. And now for me, it's the humanization angle. Because right here in this city, what's going on with the Chicago White Sox is one thing. And I don't know if it's me getting older. I don't know if it's because um, I'm a dad now. And now I think about things in a different way, in a different um, sphere. Mm -hmm. But we are having these conversations as White Sox fans very loudly on the Internet about Jerry Reinsdorf dying. And and having to die so that my team could change. Yeah. And I I sat back and I was and, and I mentioned it on the local angle that we did uh, was yesterday that's coming out on Friday. I'm like, yo, I've had conversations with Michael Rhymesdorf, mm-hmm. right? And I've had conversations with people in the Bulls who are very fond of Jerry Rhymesdorf, sure. right? And this ain't also like, well, you you got to answer to somebody. This is just on a human level. Yeah. I don't give enough of a care about the White Sox to hope someone yeah. dies. You know Everybody's I mean? got a line, and I'm like, this is where yeah. my line is, and yeah. it seems like it's right around the area where you're like. Yeah. Like, I, like, can't, I can't generate this much no, emotion in no. general. You know, and I, I do think it's probably getting older, because I would, I would say the same thing. I don't doubt that it's being a father, because it's like, like everything changes when you have a kid. I, I'm saying this as somebody who doesn't have one. Like I just see it. I see it with yeah. all my friends. Yeah. Everything, the way they speak, the first words out of their mouth are different than they ever have. And that's good. It should be. But I think part of it too is my fandom has been diminished over time. For me to do all the things that we talked about when we, when we first started talking, to be a professional and to be able to generate emotion for teams I don't give a fuck about yeah. or players I don't know or players I don't care that much about. Like I'm here to, to cover the thing. So I'm going to give you everything I have to cover the thing. But my sacrifice, again, sacrifice is a loose word for this. I don't care that much anymore. I don't care the same way you do at home. And it's not my job to care. And it is your job to care. And if you yell at me for not caring, that's fine because that's your job. It's your job to care that much to, to, to generate that level of emotion. That's okay. Yeah. I'm all right. Everybody's playing their position. Everybody's. That's how I see it when, when when it comes down to it. Like when fans get upset at me for saying something that they don't agree with, or it, it's usually because you didn't agree with how I think. So yeah. now yeah. I'm upset, and I'm like, "Hey, man! Like everybody's playing their role here. Like I'm the apparently the dude that's supposed to say something, <laughs> and you get this angry that you call me and my family names on Twitter, <laughs> and then you take that energy and you go to work and you pass that off. You're like the roles are the roles, but the humanization of, of it is important to me because, you know, that's why when we have NFL guests on, I ask them, like, how are you? And then they all some, you know, like, all right, let's get this out of the way. How are you doing? Like, you know, how are you feeling? Like, how, how are your limbs? How's your head? Because yeah. in the end, 
I, I thought about it the other day when I was watching uh, Hard Knocks and, you know, Aaron Rodgers on the Jets, everybody calling him a hate. Everybody. And you, you think about when you, you hear the quarterback tape on Netflix where it's like, 15, a bad boy. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, that's part of the dehumanization yes. of this entire thing. You are a number. Yeah. You, are, you are the, this is my identification. Yeah. This yeah. is my identification. And you know why? Because when eight ain't there no more, somebody else going to be wearing that eight. So, yeah, so, what's the kid on the Jets that just, they gave him, uh, he took Odell's number. He took 13, so he grew up in Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's a great story. It's a great story. Yeah. OBJ's on Instagram, like, being like, hey, man, best of luck. Like, awesome. do your thing. And everybody's like, he, should, he shouldn't be allowed to wear that number every year. And by the way, we're not talking about fucking, we're talking about Odell Beckham Jr. Right. was in New York for like a minute, right? And was great Had a nice, for a minute. nice career <laughs> there, but... <laughs> Like no, it was a myth, right? right? And I'm talking about Jerry Rice before he <laughs> yeah, right? Like, no, no one should ever, how dare this kid? And that's like, oh, God, settle down, man. I'll never forget uh, a very successful sports radio host once said to me, and this is a very, like, the, the infancy stage of my career. He looked me in the eyes and he said, hey, if you, uh, if you don't have anything, just say somebody sucks. <laughs> and in that moment, I was like, oh, yeah, well, guess what? I'm not going to be long for this. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> because, I really don't want to do that. Right, man. yeah, because... In that's the, not in my personality. Again, I'm not, I don't do this show, but that's not... I would feel horrible if I did. I don't think that's... Just pick somebody out in the day. If you, if think you don't have anything, sucks, just be I, like, just... When I hear you say it, like, hey, man, this guy's suck. And I, you don't even say it that harshly, but, like, if you say it, I know you believe it. I, I just say what they do. I, yeah, I just say what they never, are and what they do on the field. That's what it's and for you us. can interpret if you like Chase Claypool. It's not you know personal. For me, it's <laughs> no, no, not. It's no, not. No. And it's hard when it is. Because if I do know the guy, like, it's impossible to be an empathetic person and then be completely objective when you call a game. Mm. It's impossible. I don't, if, you are empath, if you are an empathetic person or consider yourself to be, it is impossible to be completely objective uh, when it comes to the matters of a human being. Because you learn I, stories, you learn about them, you learn about the, what's their wife's name. What's the, it's like the you go to a restaurant, you don't name, you know. I have a buddy of mine went to a restaurant with his daughter. He wanted to splurge, right? Wanted to eat lobster that night. Mm -hmm. He was real excited. It's like, oh, it's going to be, we're going to have a great meal. Go by the lobster tank. His daughter, four years old, I think, goes, that one, that's that's Jim. Daddy, that's Jim. Oh, it's like, no. I can't. That was the lobster that I wanted to eat. Yes. I can't do that now. Jim's because be it's, it's like, now I can't eat Jim. I want to eat Jim. Jim looks great. <laughs> but my daughter just now named him, and now it's our man. It's impossible to try to be an empathetic person and to be one and to and be completely objective. I, I got to go see... Craig Council and Rob Thompson, they're the managers on on Saturday, right? Like I gotta, I know, I know stuff about Rob, and you know, I know a little bit about his background. Like for the most part, we don't have to worry about this because I think fans want that humanization. I think they like hearing about people, especially doing baseball, you know, where there's a little bit of time to flesh it out. It's nice to be able to talk about, you know, this person's background or whatever. What sucks is. Like I've covered Mike Clevenger, man, before a lot of this stuff happened. And it's like I I had to interview Trevor Bauer on oh, air before all this stuff came out, and he was just like the weird, quirky guy right. who had a YouTube channel. And it's like, all right, cool, man. Like, let me talk to you about that. That's cool. I don't necessarily love the attitude or love right. the, the image, but you know what? 
you're a player, you're a human being, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Let's talk to you while we're on TV and do a half inning with you. And then like three months later, like some of this, some of these stories come on and go, I'm, I feel gross because that's the empathetic person in me that cares more about a victim than, you know, or an alleged victim. Again, we got to throw that word out there, like an alleged victim, then I do Trevor Bowers. I don't care about Trevor Bauer that much. It's like, you're, you're here, you're using this platform. I'm happy to talk to you because I've been told that's what we're going to do. No problem. I'm not going to make you look bad. My goal is to not, you know, play. I'm not a gotcha person and I'm not a reporter. I'm not a journalist per se. So my job is to try to just bring the best, like, I can't remember what quote, who quoted this, but it's one I, that sticks in my head a little bit. The front page of the newspaper highlights man's failures. The back page, the sports section, highlights man's triumphs. Mm. It's typically what, what mm. newspaper writing has been, right? Mm-hmm. What typically what journalism has, has, has been defined as when it comes to news versus sports. I like that. I suck doing news. I, I could not do it. I tried it. It was sad. It depressed me. It made me feel bad. And I understand that's not pretending that stuff doesn't happen, but I don't purposefully voluntarily. You're not wired that way. Right. I'm not wired for it. Yeah. This I'm wired to make people feel good, to bring the best out of people, to highlight the things that make you a good person, a good athlete, a good member of the community, a good husband, a good wife, a good father, a good mother, a good son, a good friend, a good brother, a good sister. I like that stuff. That makes me feel good to read it. It makes me feel good to share it. So when... I get the opportunity to do that. I want so badly to be able to bring out the best in people. I don't like not telling good, the same good things about people, but objectively, especially doing the bulls job where you got to see these guys on the damn plane every day. Right. You got to see these guys, you know, it's a different, it's a different part of the relationship. There's a reason I don't get tight. Like there are broadcasters out there that are tight with players. You will never see me be tight with a player for the most part because cordial, Cordial, pleasant, and yeah. you better believe I'm rooting for you to do well. I want you to do well because that benefits me too. It benefits you. It benefits everybody who's on, on, on this plane and sitting on this court. And it benefits all of us for you to do well. But if you play poorly, I'm going to say it. And it's not going to be personal. It's not going to be uh, an indictment of what type of person you are. It's going to say, this guy's played very poorly for three games. He needs to play better. Why? Because he's a professional. He's being paid. He's being uh compensated and revered and lifted up by people who wanted to do well so when you don't live up to those expectations my job is to say say as such and i will never make it personal and if somebody has a problem with something i've said make sure you know what i said first don't get it from your sister or your brother or your dad or your mom or from, from your friend who was half listening while they were tweeting or instagram and on their couch Tell me what I said. I will tell you for sure if that's exactly what I said or not. And if you still have a problem with it, we can discuss it further. And if not, the three or four instances that this has happened in my career, the guy was like, that's not what I heard. I apologize. Or not, or, or maybe didn't say I apologize, but like they, they understood. That happens once in a while. It's going to happen if you call enough games or you're around these guys enough. It happens once in a while. So it's okay, but I'm doing my job and I do it well. And I, I do it fairly and objectively, and I root for the guys I want to root for because I want them to do well. If it benefits me, if it benefits them, if it benefits the fans, it's great. But there is a line there, and I'm very conscientious of that line because I, I don't want to lose the empathetic part of me that makes me who I am. Yeah, and also, for what? Like, 
you know, in the end, your job is your job, but your your biggest Zach's not job. inviting Zach Levine is not inviting me to San Tropez because I say good <laughs> things about him on, on TV. He has a he has a a healthy, from what I understand, a healthy respect for me. I'm I, I know his friend Blake Snell. So mm-hmm. I covered Blake Snell yeah. for the Padres. You know, the play by play guy for the Padres is a friend of mine. He texts me, Hey, I just talked to Zach Levine, he's got great things to say about you, which is which feels great. But that's not going to change how I do my job. Like, it's not going to change my approach because maybe he respects that I do my job well. And that's more important to me than, like, being boys with guys. No, it's not. That's not as important because it's not going to affect my life in a mature way. Yeah, I, I can dig that. I can dig that. I can only imagine what it is to be in that position where the participants who, if not steered the right way or getting the right research, look at you as, hey, man, I thought you were one of us. And it's like, no, nope. listen. And on top of it, you know, you dictate what I say. Yeah. Like, I, I, I've I, run into athletes before in the city, and guys have had issues. And you know me, I'm not, like, I'm outside. Yeah. You know, I, not anymore, but I used to be outside. Used to be outside. Yeah, I used to be outside. And you run into guys, and they say, man, it's messed up what you said about me, or it's messed up what you thought. And I... I remember one time, one particular player who I won't name here, I just I just asked him, hey, man, can you find any truth in my critique? And he, you know, he stumbled around for a couple of seconds because he wanted to still sure. be upset sure. about it. And sure. I'm like, listen, man, we're not going to throw hands. You have too much money to be making bad decisions. And on top of it, if you can't find any truth in my critique, then we already have a disconnect that yeah. is not going to be salvageable here in this California pizza kitchen, yeah. or, you know what I mean? Or whatever <laughs> the hell we at right now, you know what I mean? And and in that moment, I just thought to myself, like, the critique is kind of the reward of high expectation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just the wins. Yeah. And I, and I, You're and not I, a negligible athlete. Right. Wouldn't you rather be an athlete of consequence to where people do say what you do well, and what you do, even if they're wrong, or even if they're not fully contextualized when they say it? Doesn't that matter more to you that you have an impact on what you you know what you do has an impact? If you're the man and you're not playing like the man, it, I'm sure you got enough people around you who tell you you're a man still, so you don't need me. Like I won't bullshit you. The, after the first year of doing the pre and post game show, I saw the uh, extent and reach of television that I had never mm-hmm. felt in 17 years of radio. Sure, never. Sure, and when you notice guys. Um, behaving differently around you mm-hmm. that you covered on the radio side mm-hmm. that you covered when you doing something else. But when now you are disseminating this information in a 30 minute platform next to two former players and people feel like, uh, are they agreeing with you? Because it's like, no, they're agreeing with me because they're watching the same game. We're all saying it. I appreciate you. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, for instance, we can get into the Bulls thing right here. I, and for whatever reason, I think it's gotten back to DeMar and some of the people around DeMar that, like, I don't say the most glowing things. And I'm like, it's actually so far from that that I know how good DeMar DeRozan is, but I also know the style of basketball that this team needs to play. And there's that there's that jigsaw puzzle that has to be put together. Like, just because it happens at a higher level doesn't mean it's not – they're not bumps in a row because let's face it, when Kevin Durant got dropped right there in Golden State, Kevin Durant doesn't play the game that the Golden State Warriors huh. played, but 
You had to figure it out. You had to make it he work. He's so supremely talented that it, some guy's talent overtakes the room. It just that's how it is. Those and you when you to. when you want to define what an alpha is, that is an alpha. Yeah, and when you somebody drops you, of course you do. Like you, and frankly, you need you might need that mm-hmm. to be the case for you to have some success. Like that team is obviously very very talented, and then you drop a new element in to try, you know, again, they're coming off a loss, the previous finals, you know, the, one of the craziest losses in finals history. So like, well, we got to do something. All right, drop in the one of the five best players on the planet. So naturally it's going to work. Right. And it's like, no, man, this is what, this is what I love. God damn. I love the NBA so much. Like I love the, More people need to, I love the five man chemistry. Like it's, it's not football is hard, right? 11 pe- people trying to, all work in the same direction is incredibly difficult and it's hard to contextualize for for most people i've learned a lot about football you've learned a lot about football mostly because we are surrounded by our coworkers who know a lot about football so by osmosis we've learned a lot and i've and i've grown to love it more because of that but i can't have the same discussions about the nfl the, the way i do about the about the nba because five-man chemistry is a family that's a that's a family dynamic you got your parents, you got three kids. Like that's five people in a household. There's so many people that grew up like that. Yeah. They understand very simply what five person chemistry is all about. That's all that this is. That's that's the reason I love the NBA. I grew up in a six person household, four kids, two parents. And I know exactly what a five, six person dynamic is like and how you're tiptoeing around this person today. And you're excited to see this person today. And you don't give a shit about that person for the next week because they said something and it bothers you still. That and you gotta kiss the most important person's ass for a couple to, of days. You have to because it's like, man, I'm trying to get the ball. Right, right, right. Like, like, dad, it's school shopping time. It's like, man, you really I got are handsome. It's, it's Christmas time, and I'm not trying to. Is your hair growing back, Dad? Get that Sega Genesis right. and uh, whatnot. And it's like, it's so, it's such an easy thing for most people right. to contextualize because it's just five or six people, you know, whatever. That chemistry is built in, and the dynamics of it are fascinating to me because one person. One element, you know, completely jacks up the mix, or it makes it perfect. Like it's, it's that's why we break down so much about individuals in the NBA and how they affect the other two or three people directly in their space, and how they affect the rest of the teammates on the floor, and how they affect the other other team. Like that's why I love the NBA so much, and that's why we're so critical because one person really does make a huge difference when you play basketball. But it has to be in this team form, and it stands out to. The beginner sometimes it stands out to the expert viewer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I also love chaos, so I love seeing five strangers <laughs> wearing the same you, uniform you, at times. You, like you, I, you are an agent, okay? You I'm are. An you, agent. Are, you are. I'm, 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 a, like consumer. You're a, I'm <laughs> a consumer. You're a consumer. Oh, yeah. so you're not the Joker. You're just you're, no, you're, no, 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 no. Uh, I don't. I don't want to orchestrate. Like I don't want to see things fall apart. But if shit is happening, you know, I'll pull my little grocery cart into that aisle where the, where the two people are arguing a little bit. Like, oh, you, you ain't going to say that to them. Are you yeah. just pull off a little bit? Yeah, you're not getting in, into a fight about the, can, the cantaloupe or whatever. Nah. You're going to take your phone out and, and no. document it. No. Like, yeah, I'm going to post this. Little yeah, little yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to get a nice little vantage point, make yeah. sure I'm close to a manager or something of that nature. <laughs> but I, Maybe now is the time you step right, in, sir. Exactly. Right? Like, right. Now is the time. Right. They're getting close to the line now. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole bunch of product that's about to be on the floor. I was, was going to get that cancer. <laughs> right. Now they're blocking the... Word, word. But the, the Bulls thing, like, for instance, 
the Yahoo Sports piece that Vooch spoke mm. candidly in. Yeah. Uh, that this, dropped. This is our last, you know, this right. is our last go cool. round. And Tony Gill, <laughs> on a different. He's point, an agent of chaos. Oh, no doubt <laughs> He's trying to formulate the jerk. Let's be honest. That's my man. <laughs> he knows what he is. He's the old baby face. That's right? right. There's no man who looks older that has a baby face in, in, in the history of, of the world. It's, it's tough now, but when he's 64 and looks like he's 41, yeah. you're going to love that. Yeah. You're going to love that. For sure. Real Greg Oden vibes. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid. Featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. So the the Vooch stuff, you know, Tony brought up is like, you know, this is uh this is eye-opening. And I'm like, well, shit, I hope that's how they feel. Yeah. Like, this is the last go-round for a team that is consistently, over these last couple of years, um, been mediocre. And the talent does not belie that. Yeah. I that, And that's an important point. Like, it's yeah. not a mediocre no. team in terms of talent. No. It's a mediocre team in terms of results, is what you're saying. That's like, it. And, and I, again, from my vantage point, I'll probably, I, I would probably say it a little bit softer because of yeah. again, all the dynamics right. we talked about. I would say they have underachieved significantly based off of the expectations. Yeah, and now we're in a season where you got contract clocks that are starting to be more apparent. Sure. You know, you got two of the three guys who have been signed for longer than next year, one guy who isn't. You know, is this the year where DeMar DeRozan scales back his game in terms of ball handling responsibilities that he has thrust upon himself since Lonzo Ball's injury? but do you scale back your, your your productivity in the year that you're supposed to get paid? Like mm-hmm. the the fine points and the nuance and like you say, contextualization of the relationships on that team, especially, we're gonna see it in full force this year. Yep. Like if you don't know what the Chicago Bulls are or haven't known the last couple of years, you're gonna find out this year because there's gonna be an ample amount of pressure. Uh, there are teams that were worse than them that have gotten better. Yep. The teams that are ahead of them are trying to make moves to get better. And there's also some teams that are getting ready to try to figure out how much longer we got to go. Because I think the, the Atlanta Hawks thing is in, interesting. Hell, Cleveland Cavaliers not going to be able to keep both those big men when it's time to pay at the Mobley, right? So you, That man's earned himself a big check. Yes, he so, has. So we're, we're in the midst of something right now where you're going to find out what the Bulls really are. Last two years, yeah. a lot of injury talk, a lot of talk about max contracts and the best player feeling secure, a lot of conversations about who's the go-to guy. Are All using- fair discussions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All fair discussions. Is Booch the guy? Uh, are they using Booch right? Yep. All that brass tacks. What are you? And yep. you're going to find out this year. You're going to find out this year. How do you how do you get prepared for a season that has so many different angles and so many different um, ways that you can ruminate about it? Like, how do you how do you move game to game, understanding what the zoom out is? Oh, hell, going into a season yeah. with the zoom out is. Yeah, because you start you start with the zoom out, right? You start with thirty thousand feet. Um, it's because, and I have to force myself to do that. 
because we're so we're so used to being in it you and me especially we're embedded in a sense you know like we're we're in the weeds of all this right now because we've seen the the dynamics and the nuances of the good and the dynamics and the nuances of the bad yeah. so we're in it it's hard to kind of not see everything from that viewpoint so at the beginning of the year you have to take one big step back what are the positives I think they did improve elements of their roster that they needed to. Three-point shooting should be, just by pure talent, should be better. Uh, defensively, they've remained strong. I think they have key pieces that have already been very good defensively. I think the international experience for Booch will continue to help. Like I, I've never denied that I think international experience always plays a, a good factor sure. for guys as long as they have ample rest time. Yeah. And you know, we saw what it did for Zach Levine. Ask Anthony Edwards, right? Hey, man. I, 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 was, out, this hey, man, I was out in Vegas covering, <laughs> covering that first game, and I'm like, this dude is the dude. No. He is yeah. the guy. Yeah. Like, he is yeah. like he is living up to hype and expectation in a way that some guys just haven't done in years past. It would behoove Carl Anthony Towns to understand that because it, it yeah. might elongate his career in Minnesota if he, if he you know, rides the train instead of trying to be the conductor. Another guy who is – Taking some national well. experience right now with, with, uh, with the Dominican Republic. That's a big deal for him. And hopefully he recognizes because Anthony Edwards is just, he's that guy. So yeah. I think uh, the, the, the things that need to be improved upon are Zach Levine taking the next step in a form that we're not used to seeing. He is a, we know what he is. He is a dynamic, elemental scorer yes, in this is. league. He yes, is he one. Is. You can give me any list of guys and you can put all the numbers that you want to, but to me watching this league for seven years now, he is one of the 25 best pure players in this league if the name of the game is to get points. He is just that good. He's probably higher than that. I'd probably put him at closer to like 15 in all honesty. What else can you do for me? What else can you do with this explosive elite athleticism that to his credit, I mean, you come off a knee injury, couple knee injuries, and you still got that movement. Like good for you. Like that, that's a blessing. Like, Played 60 you. games straight. Just Absolutely. To, like just yeah, I give him make a, sure everybody felt good about it. Give him a lot of credit. Yeah, man. Man. Good for, I, I really respect that. But now I need to see the next thing. I saw it in the Olympics when you weren't asked to touch the ball. It's like, bro, you want to get on the court for Greg Pop? You're not touching the damn ball unless it's accidental or it came off the rim and it landed in those hands of yours. So what can you do? I know you can play defense if you put put into it. I'm And I know you can score 28 on average. Everybody knows. And I think part of it is the league respects. I do believe the league respects. I think the league recognizes. Guys around the league respect. This guy can score. This guy is a, is a strong NBA player. But are you an elite player and are you going to be revered by your teammates? Stacy always talks about this. He says, if, and, and I've heard you say this on several occasions, your, be, you know, your best players have to be your hardest workers. And they need to be the players that set an example, whether it's they don't have to yell. Zach Levine's not a yeller, at least not to his teammates. He might yell at the refs, he might yell at himself. He's not a yeller. DeMar DeRozan is not a yeller. Nikola Vucevic is not a yeller. That doesn't, you don't need that to be successful, but you better set the example in the fourth quarter 
when you've played 40 minutes already, and it is a game that you need in the middle of February, two days before the, you know, two weeks before the all-star break, and you're getting into the dog days, you know, going into late February and March. Like you have to have the same level of intensity at both ends of the floor to be revered as an elemental two-way player. He's got to take that next step. Cause I don't think it matters. The numbers don't matter to me. I, you got paid. I'm happy for you. You deserved it. You absolutely deserve it. And your contract doesn't look that unreasonable right. based on what you're seeing around the league right now. But what else can you do on the floor consistently that's going to make your team that much better? I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Yeah. And also, I mean, can you be coached? You know, like everybody, I think when we talk about toughness with this team, you know, everybody thinks this uh, dark alley toughness, right? Like yeah. who you picking with you when you, if you're, nah. That to me is not the symbol of toughness with this group. It's who won't buck when the discomfort is going to stick around for a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when the, when the discomfort pulls up a chair and it's like, all right, I'm eating with y'all. Yeah. Because there's going to be uncomfortable moments and that can come through winning. You know, sure. if, if I'm a guy that's used to getting 25 a game, for whatever reason, this thing moves a little bit differently because the big man is getting a few more shots or because my defense is zapping these legs and I can't really, can't really put up the, the 22 shots a game that yeah. I used to. Am I going to be tough in that discomfort and make sure that nobody else feels it, right? Or am I going to, you know, because we talk about guys playing different, but you're 14 years into a career, you're 10 years into a career, like, and it's kind of like football coaches with halfway through a season when the scheme isn't working. It's like, what happened to the adjustments? I'm like, this motherfucker got hired to run the cover two. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if y'all going to have him run a 3-4 halfway through we the season. We, we, got, we don't have a bye week until week 13. Right, and, right. And this shit takes a little longer right. than 15 days. You know, we got, we got stuff to you're work out. You're 14 years yeah. in. You're 10 years in. Somebody's telling you, hey, we need to do this to win. And you're like, uh, says who? And what results have told you that? Like, yeah. these are the questions that come. I'm not saying, I'm not talking about Zach or yeah, DeMar. Yeah. This, this, is, this, is hypothetically, this is a general hypothetically, sports like, thing. This is how toughness, toughness, toughness comes in a lot of different forms. Let me let me throw this kind of, it's kind of hypothetical, I guess. But like, this is the, the big element for me, you mentioned Lonzo. The glue, he was truly glue. The glue that brought everything together. They did build around this team. I saw he said that uh, in that interview the other day. He was like, you know, I feel bad, you know. Yeah, with Trey, build, with Trey Young. That's right. Yeah, yeah with Trey's body. He's like, they built this around me. And I saw comments like, oh, you're not the guy. It's like, no, 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 no. They built this around him. DeMar DeRozan's an incredibly talented player. That's not news. Right. Nikola Bucevic is an incredibly talented player. That's not news. Zach Levine's a great scorer. That's not news. What the news was, was this dude is starting to come into his own in the perfect time, in the perfect position that is that that requires him to do the things that he needs to do to make this team better or to make a team better. And it's perfect for everybody. And when that got taken away after 35 starts or whatever it was, like it's genuinely disappointing. So I understand that. But that's been the biggest problem for three years now for the Bulls. And you saw it with it, and you saw it without it. Who's in the middle? Who's in, who's in the center of this puzzle? If Javon Carter starts your season as the point guard, that's fine. If Kobe White starts your season as the point guard, 
That's fine. I don't care who starts the year as your point guard. I'm worried about the last four minutes of the game. Right. I don't care. They, they could swap every game. They could switch in and out. Like, you come off the bench today, I'll, I'll do it later. I don't care. I care about the final four minutes. Are you going to trust that person, whoever it is, to not only handle the ball, but get trust that they're going to get the ball to the right spot when they need them to, mm-hmm. when the final 12 possessions of this game are going to determine the outcome? That's my question. Is Ken, whether it's DeMar or Levine, putting their egos aside, whether it's Kobe or Javon or Caruso, whoever, like taking the step into that role and be like, no, y'all, I've got this. I will get the ball to the right person. And are y'all not going to be sour about it? Because you didn't take, because there's still, your, your man Bill Simmons wrote about this in the book of basketball. It's one of my favorite books of all time. The desire and the want of more. Everybody on a winning team, after they win, wants more. Bruce Brown, see ya. I gotta go. I, I want more. Whether it's more money, more time, more shots, more accolades, more whatever. And that's not wrong. I'm not telling you that that's y'all should Sporting put your ego. Right? No, that, that's yeah. that's what that's part of winning, and it's also part of being great. You have to recognize like when that greatness is to be unleashed. And to recognize the greatness that may be around you, or to even recognize that these guys aren't as great as I am. But if they have this moment and they come through, now all of a sudden we have something special. Like, can you imagine Kobe White hitting a game-winning three for this team? Can you imagine what that would do for the confidence of a kid who has worked his butt off to try to get to a point where he would even have the ball in his hands? Like, Nobody has who's taken a game winning shot outside of two dudes for this team in the last three years. You just named the to me. Well, I going into this season, anybody who wants to talk to me about the Bulls, that to me is the player that I am most intrigued with Same. on this team this year. Same. Kobe White for three years has gone through trade rumors, injuries. Um, not really having an offseason due to COVID, right? right? Like he coming into the draft as a quote-unquote point guard, being thrown to the Wolves at the toughest position in all of sports. Yep. I don't, and I, yes, I said it. It's, it's 25 hard nights out there for you mm-hmm. at the point guard position. And has just stared it down. Yep. And in his last two months of basketball that we saw became a different player, I'm looking forward to a dude being empowered, and, and this is the thing that I wanted for Pat Williams. I'll never forget talking to Thad Young about it. And Thad Young said he pulled up on um, Pat in a uh, in um, kind of a cafeteria line, you yeah, know, yeah. like guys get something to eat or whatever. And he goes, hey, man, you know, you fourth pick in the draft. Like, you're here because things weren't all good. Yeah. So not many people should be – Eaten before you, yeah. Maybe literally in that yeah, moment. Yeah, maybe maybe but, the, the the metaphor was yeah. uh, was more apt. Yeah, it? and it's like, yeah, man. If if veterans on a five hundred team are still miffed that or, or are miffed or will be miffed that you call them out, then maybe you shouldn't be five hundred. Yeah, <laughs> like like uh, rookies shut the fuck up on really great teams. Yeah. Young players have to be quiet on great, but on teams that are. are <laughs> Underwhelming. This is this is open season. Hey, somebody, what? <laughs> somebody says this is open mic night now. Hey, and like somebody's come up. It's that competition, right? You have to create 
winning dynamics. You have to create that. And that has to come from a combination of talent and the things that we talked about when we first came on. Tim Duncan got dropped in the Spurs and he looked at David Robinson like, boot. Yeah. Right? It's like, and that's his man, that. 50 grand. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. You're going to take a backseat. Yes. Yeah. And everybody knew it too. It took a year. Yeah. And it was like, oh, we got a title? Cool. By the way, you mentioned Bill Simmons. Bill, dog, I mentioned, I usually don't do the commenting on Instagrams, but on the Ringers Instagram, we built throughout his top five or top six players of all time. And, and of course, Larry Legend was on there. And I'm like, Bill, I love you. And I know what you got to do for, for Boston, baby. But come on, man. Uh, Tim Duncan is the player that, for whatever reason, like even, like, God rest the dead. We talk about Kobe in reverential and godlike um, terms, as we should when it comes to basketball. But Tim Duncan, for whatever reason, is the least talked about, least greatest, greatest player. Maybe in sports, he might be one of the we don't ten, talk about. He might be one of the 10 best players in the history of the sport, and he never gets talked about, other than people being like, oh, I got it, Tim Duncan. Right, right, it's just, right. It's like the quickest. It's like the quickest. Oh, like, I mean, like, you know, like, 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 I love Larry Bird as much as anybody. Well, probably not as much as Bill not and the Bostonians. But come on, dog. Like, Tim Duncan. Um, when's the last time you saw Patrick Williams upset? It, it, I could count on one hand. Right, tell, me, tell me the time that you – because I think Bulls fans who uh, don't travel with Pat, aren't around Pat, you know, all we see is Pat, the stoic Pat, right? Yeah. We see Pat smile. We see him grin every once in a while. We see him grimace if there's an injury, but we've never seen him upset. Yeah. Is, has Pat Williams ever been mad? I'm trying to think of like I'm trying to like think of like a hypothetical scenario. Now I'm thinking about his days growing up in West Charlotte. High school, right. Did his mom yell at him at the flower yeah. shop? You yeah, know, one time like, he got jumped. Eighth grade graduation it was tough. <laughs> you know oh, maybe I'm talking about myself. But. I was like, I feel like you're projecting. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. No. I, I just. I, I don't, again, I don't need to see you with a mean streak. At I just got to know it's there. I got to know that something drives you, whether it's a negative experience, a negative moment, and it drives you to be exceptional in that moment. And I feel like the physical ability has always been there. I mean, you, I, I still look at the, the baby Kawhi like sure. reference, and I'm just kind of like, I, it, I see why. It plays. Physically, it's there. Yeah. And I'm wondering what it takes and again, he's a young man still, you know, like I'm, yeah, you just turned 22, just turned 22. Week. Like, it's like, it's crazy. It's like, that's wild, man. I'm 36 and I'm still figuring this shit out. I have a high pressure job and I'm, and I'm almost middle-aged by some standard. We are. And it's like, I still haven't figured this shit out yet. So I might even expect it from this kid, but like, I want so badly for him yeah. to figure it out because I really do see greatness in, in what he can be capable of and and everybody around him sees it. Yeah. That's and that's pressure too. When everybody except for you sees it, that's a high level of pressure to try to deal with where it's like, I know you expect this expect this from me and I know what I can do physically. How do I get to that point where it becomes like 
me. And that's a, and that's a personality change. Yeah, that's a hard just, thing to undergo. He's an amazing young man. He's a really kind, he's good, nice. like like Can I don't that mentality be taught though. Hmm. Man, that's I'm a, he can't say this. Well, maybe he can. So let me not let me not do that. But like, I don't think so. Like, unless there's some traumatic on court moment, sure. You know what I mean? Which you don't want, right? But. Who's the last guy that you saw was um, had this personality template and changed it to the liking of the fans? Because even yeah. if even if Patrick Williams comes out first game and snuffs Shea Gilchrist Alexander, <laughs> right? Like, it was a shoulder right, 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 into his right, chest, right. puts him on the ground and stands over him on the side. Fuck that on the tip off, you know, man. Everybody shake your hands. If he snuffs him on the ground, people still gonna be like. Well, you know, I still got to see a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so now he got to go. He got to kick off every fucking game from here on out, just snuffing that. You got to be a goon now. Right. He, he turns into Charles Oakley out here, right? <laughs> Where he's just muffing your young Scotty Pippen. Like, can you imagine? Uh, like, what if Patrick just redesigned his entire situation? <laughs> And now, <laughs> Julian he's, got like gray, he's got like gray hair right. and uh, a little bit too in his beard. Julian. And his hair has grown out a little bit. And now he just looks a little more weathered. Like, just slapping Bailey Terry for no reason. Like, what happened, man? We told him, to, told him he had to be tougher. He just like, like Meg from Family Guy came back from prison and just began started, you know, <laughs> pooping in buckets and, and beating up the toughest person in the room. It's like I'm trying to establish dominance. I don't here. know. I don't know that, you know, I don't know that that could happen. I don't know I, that I, I've seen. Well, I don't know that it can happen. I don't yeah. know that I've seen. It. I, I haven't. I don't know if I've seen it. I've. I think of like Tony Parker, who had enough moments of like stepping up, barking at guys, and kind of putting his chest out Tony a little bit. A, Tony had a little bit of an asshole in him. From that's true. Though. That's true. Like that's, that's fair. He like when he came through, like he was getting into it with Pop every once in a while, and like you know, also yeah. understanding yeah. like how cold he was. Like, the problem for me is Patrick Williams is the first, I think, lottery pick. Some guys can play. Some guys can't play. I don't truly believe or understand or maybe think he understands how cold he is currently. Yeah, Yeah. Like, you're you're a 19-year-old in the NBA, though. That's maybe what it is, uh, uh, Kyle. That's maybe what it is, where, like, when it mentally clicks... So it doesn't necessarily have to be, I got this asshole in me that's dying to get out and like get on the court and dominate and be an alpha and all that stuff. But I think he needs this. We we kept pointing back to what was that? The 35 point game against Minnesota yeah. like a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, and we're yeah. like, man, we've seen it happen. Crazy. And I know that yeah. you're kind of playing, you know, you know, some of the backups and all that. Like I still, 35 in an NBA game is no joke. The right? game the ball. It is. And you, Just from a stamina perspective. 100%. Like you play, you know, you play 38, 39 minutes and score 35 points. Like that's a big deal. So. But I think I need, I need a night early where it's like it's not going for Zach. Maybe his shot's not there for a night, or they're double teaming him, or they, it's tough defensive assignment. And that also comes with the recognition too. Like right. these guys got to recognize when right. it's not your night. I don't need you to score twenty five a night if go this guy go do something else. Go do something else. Play good defense, and maybe this guy is your thirty point. Score and I, I think there may have to be a night early in the year where it's not going for Debo, it's not going for Zach, and it's like, hey man, Butch will take care of inside, but when they double team him in the post, put it up, Pat, 
shoot that 15 footer, step in, shoot it, or I'm going to shoulder my way into the paint and dunk on three people. And maybe that's the, the, the moment you need to see it happen. And I think part of it too, I don't think I, I don't, you got to get the trust of the guys. And it's not that they don't trust his ability or trust him as a person. They have to set aside their own agenda. I, I, it sounds bad. When no, I know. Like, it's, it's real. Like, it's like, hey, man, tonight's my 30 night. No, it's not. Maybe maybe recognize that. So so maybe part of his development comes with the recognition of his teammates as well. And I think a lot of we're talking about a lot of elements that need to take place. But I do feel like it's there. It's, it is there to me. I really, really believe it. Or maybe it's wishful thinking and I want to. But I really believe it's I just don't want. I just don't want to find out it's there in Sacramento. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't as many to, as many folks in the past have. Right. I don't want to find out some other team. Yeah, I want. Listen, Lowry kind of, you know, it hit him. I mean, yeah. like, like he and he. What kills me is that he was doing it here. He was dunking on dudes, or at least attempting to dunk on dudes, and did it when he was here. And it just never really was was was, was expanded upon until he got. And even it didn't happen really in Cleveland either. It wasn't until Utah. You saw some of those. He did it against the Bulls. Dude, he was he the first player in NBA history with 300 threes and 100 dunks in a season. Yeah. Some crazy like yeah, that. So like, like, yeah, yeah. It's, and it was, like, he was everything that you wanted him to be and that you saw in like a couple of months, you know, in his rookie year and his, in his second year. But, yeah, man, the Pat the Pat Williams thing. And that's the other thing, too. Like, these are, these are going to be the faces of the Bulls, you know, when DeMar isn't here. Yeah. Maybe, or when – Zach has, you know, climbed up into that because I think the Ray Allen thing for 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 Zach, like every time I see Zach, I think of Ray Allen in Milwaukee, and then what Ray Allen mm-hmm. was in Seattle, what mm-hmm. Ray Allen was in Boston. And of course, we're talking about a champion, one of yeah, the greatest yeah. shooters of all time. But like, if you didn't remember Milwaukee Ray Allen, people would just say, "Hey, score slasher, beautiful to watch." Yeah. But what else does he do? Yeah. And then you throw him in Seattle where he was what, the Splash Brothers early. Yeah, him and Rashard Lewis, but no one was watching that. They weren't winning games. Yeah. He was in and he became the great, one of the greatest specialists right. in the history of, of sports. Right. You know, like, I, I want American Zach sports. to have his Boston and Miami yeah. Ray moments in Chicago. What about Jamal Murray? Is that a guy like when you're talking about Pat? Is, is Jamal maybe one of those guys that kind of That's like he came up, nice kid, yeah. you know, worked hard. But Jamal worked was hard. an asshole. I don't talk- in a good way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't mean this in a bad yeah, way. Like, Wiggins. Like, you know what Pat is? Pat is the dude who you go to the bar with and, uh, like, you got your homies and, like, this is the one guy who's always, you know, in the background or whatever. And the moment he opens his mouth, all the ladies swoon. <laughs> and you're like, God damn it, man. We needed you to do this the entire summer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like you know what I mean? Threes and fours we went this home man, with this, this summer? This and all you had to do was open your goddamn mouth. Sure, the whole damn time. <laughs> right, right. And you didn't let us know. Right. He just let the waves out. <laughs> you had that damn wave. You had those waves in your hair this whole damn time. And you, and you were hiding under the rag the whole summer. And then you waited until August 15th. Right. So you got to go to school next week. <laughs> And you decided now is when you're gonna let people, let the women know that's, that's that you're, you're you're all that. That's what it is. Like I'm waiting for Pat to have that because all in town, fellas, yeah, fellas that are out there listening, you know, we've all had that breakout moment where we're like, holy shit, 
this works. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and the this for you may be different than the this for your partners. Whatever that is. Sure. And hopefully it's all legal this yeah. and consenting this. <laughs> but like you find out, oh, this is working. And for whatever reason, Pat continues to go to the bar and sits in the corner until you know, the ball is passed. I'm like, no, 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 kick in the door. Show up, show up, you know, early. Show up on ladies' night and say, I am here to make sure everyone has a good time. I hope I get a good time out of it, but I'm here to make sure everybody have a good Like, I need Patrick Williams' first two games. I need I need a 20-point game in the first two games. Some way, somehow, just to just to make – just to level set things. I just want to say, like, I need – he's a 20 – he's got 18 and 10 game. written all over. He has 18 and Especially 10 in this written all over him. And the way he handles remember, point guard in high school, our Stacey's favorite thing is when he gets a rebound Take and it. nobody touches the ball except for Patrick Williams. Like, just get the rebound off the glass, you bring it up, and you drive it or, or just take it strong. And if you get fouled, great. And if there's nothing there, sure, pull it back out. But they, like, so how many times did we see that happen? Where, again, he's a young player. And Demar's right there. Right. Got to get the ball back to Demar. Right. And again, because, and that is you important. Can't have too many possessions where. You know, that's what it is. Like, you, I, you I understand you, better, you have to do ball, that. You better score. You have to get, and you have to get people involved. You yeah. have to make them feel involved and comfortable. And, and you can't go five, six, seven possessions without a shooter getting a shot sometimes, sometimes, because otherwise you're not going to get into that rhythm. There's a reason Demar is so good. It's because he can overcome that better than a lot of players that have played in this league for as long as he has. He's just better at overcoming some of those colder nights when it matters the most. Mm-hmm. But there are times where you don't stop deferring. Just don't defer. Like, you can be the guy. And and I know we've t- spent a lot of time talking about Pat, but these are the types of things that, that are important, I really believe, for this team. I think it's Zach. It's the point guard, whoever it is, being trusted. And it's Patrick Williams taking a step that maybe even he doesn't know he's capable of. Yeah, this season for me, is about the young dudes. Like I know what the old heads can do, and if if there's this this is their last go round, then we're gonna see a lot of the young dudes. I think after the trade deadline, mm-hmm. so they got a they got a good 45, 50 games yeah. to, to put on their best show, or else I think things might look yeah. a little bit different. You have about four and a half months. Yeah, to figure this out. We shall see. Um, what's uh what's this next couple of weeks looking like for you schedule wise? Yeah, going to Milwaukee Saturday, Brewers Phillies. Um, Next week, Thursday, flying off to D.C. We got Washington, Arizona. Okay. Week one. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll head to uh, uh, that commander's number one ranked defense. Everybody's talking the about front. The front four showed up a lot last year, and very impressive. They did a lot of that without Chase Young. You know, they, he was he was not healthy most of the season coming off that ACL. We I did the game where he got hurt against Tampa Bay two years ago, and it was devastating. And then I was like. And this is a really good line, even without Chase, and it's only better now. Their defense is better. Sam Howell is a fascinating, fascinating character in this. And, you know, Mac Brown's my guy. You know, the coach, his coach in North Carolina is my old partner, one of my good friends. Mm-hmm. He loves Sam, and, and for good reason. And I feel like there's something there. they got two backs that I think are capable. They've got – Terry McLaurin is, the, is a Best dog. Kept he is so – Damn, good, man. Like, we we talk about Jair Alexander as being one of the best corners in the league, and he is. And Terry McLaurin cooked him last mm-hmm. year. Cooked him. And and 
the and Jair still did it with his finals. I I really like Jair Alexander. Sorry, he's amazing. He's one of my favorite players to cover. He's a great guy too. Okay, but Terry McLaurin is that guy. I think they're an inter- interesting group. We'll finish that up. I'll go to either Baltimore or Boston for Major League Baseball. Somebody's going to be chasing a playoff spot. Then we'll go to Arizona. We got Giants at Cardinals. We're going to see Arizona twice early. Get them oh. out of the way, hopefully. And not see you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's it's that's a tough scene, man. I don't, you know, Josh Dobbs at quarterback. Whoever's going to be out there, we'll see. Shout out to Caleb Williams. Yeah, hey, man, it's tanking for Caleb right now. That's uh, crazy too, by the way. Like you just gave Kyler two hundred, and you're tanking, and you got a a year later. You're trying to get. I, I was I. I was covering him when they were a double digit win team two yeah. years ago, man. Like they, they were legitimately in it. And he just, it, it just hit the skids at one point. Um, go to Detroit. You got Atlanta, Detroit. I think two of the more intriguing teams in the NFL. Atlanta's exciting. Bijan Robinson's the real deal in my yeah. estimation. They got real tight end, a real receiver, a real offensive line. They improved their defense. Is the quarterback any good? Is Desmond Ritter any good? We'll find out. Uh, Detroit is the, Probably the best team in the in the north. Yeah, you know, uh, you've been saying this for a while. You've been you've been on this train for a bit, and I, I respect it. Um, it's up to Jared Goff, and nobody played better than him. No, I think he was the best quarterback in the league for you know a month yeah, and a half, six, basically six games you know? or so. He was you know, a month and a half. He was, he was the guy. So like their defense is better. Their the pass rush is really good. I like their coaching staff. I like all their pieces. And then our fourth game is Cincinnati, Tennessee. Ooh. Week four, October 1st, I want to say, in Nashville. Burrow will be back. Let's see how DeAndre Hopkins fits in. Are they going to pass a little bit more because this is the first time they've really had a trustworthy receiver? Hopkins can has one of the best catch radiuses of any player I've covered in the last 11 years of covering the NFL. Uh, Henry's Henry. He's going to do his thing. Um, then baseball playoffs, man. We'll do a division series in the American League and and it's then that then basketball starts, man. That becomes the crossover time. That's when uh, you and I will be uh, talking a whole lot on the air and off, and and I'll be balancing weekends and week weekdays uh, with different sports, and that's what it's like for about three months, you know, and and ride it to the finish line, and then basketball feels like a vacation after that. Right. Like the game, it's like, damn, this is this is easy. Pretty much, ladies and gentlemen, you're not cut out for this. Right? You're, not, you're, you're, you're not built for this. You're not, you, you don't have the stamina. You don't have the mental wherewithal. Give it up now. Okay. Go ahead and go ahead and mail it in because if you think that you get, first of all, I don't even know what my schedule is tomorrow. This man just gave me from now to Halloween what he will be doing. Off the top of the dome, just like that's, that. So. That's that's man. You gotta get. You gotta. You gotta put the framework together so you're not surprised by it. That's the big thing. What's, like, the, what's the dopest part of the job? What's the What's the thing where you're like this? And don't give me the bullshit about just being around good people and and the and the games. No, that's that's what's that's the, the good part of life. I have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the thing where you're like, yo, this has become normal for me and it's weird because it's awesome. Um, well, I still get the, the rush of a big call when you nail it, when you feel like you nailed it, that's drug, I'm, that's a drug like thing it. to me when you just, when you're just like, yeah, I'm fucking good at this. Yeah, right? right? Uh, yes. Really words, yes. You say the right words at the right time and the right moment and all those things come to fruition. It's like, yeah, man, your, your ego jumps up and pats you on the back and gives you a big old hug and says, uh, you know, like says, you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing, man. Like that, that's, that's still one of the best parts of it. I'm not going to lie to you. Like it feels good to be praised. 
it's still, again, going back to insecurities and ego and narcissism, like it still does feel good. And, and part of it is like, hey, you did a good job. So like you're, you know, you get that Please. endorphin and that, that dopamine rush of like, hey, you're, you know, you're good. But it's also like, no, people give a shit what you do. Like right. that's the, 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 the give a shit factor in this job is one of the most important things. And not, not just for me, like I give, I give a shit, obviously. I want to do well and I want to do a good job and I want to do a good job for me and my crew and my people mm-hmm. and fans and all that. But like they care. Like I like covering these leagues because people care. Like I loved covering the women's basketball because we did the final four and people watch big events. People watch (laughs) big events. Right. I liked covering that. I I love covering like college softball, not in March in Columbia, Missouri. I like covering college. I I like, I didn't like covering men's college basketball that much because we didn't do the biggest games. You know, regular season games. Yeah. It's like, like, Hey man, like, I like going to Cincinnati and Fifth Third Arena could rock, but like, do I really care that much about Tulane right now? No, I care because when I show up to a big event like the Women's Final Four, Women's College World Series, NFL play, uh, NFL game, NBA playoff series, Major League Baseball playoffs, like people care and they invest their their energy into it. So when you do well and they tell you as such, it is hard not to get. I, I'm I'm good at not getting caught up in it. But that I would be lying through my teeth if I was like, that doesn't matter to me. It's like, oh, I'm just trying to do well for our crew. And it's like, I am, but I'm trying to do well for everybody. And I want everybody to feel good about right. it. And when you were at the center of that in some form, it feels good, man. That's a rush in and of itself, too. And it's satisfying. And the satisfaction you get from doing stuff like this, like you have to derive happiness and joy from something. And I'll take it wherever I can get it because the world sucks sometimes and it's shitty and you and I deal with our own bullshit in our heads. And that's a, that's a frightening enough space to to operate (laughs) in uh, without being depressed about it. So like I'll take joy wherever I get it. And when I get dopamine and endorphin rushes, like I'm thankful enough to get doing this job, it's good, man. It's uh, it keeps you, it it sustains you. I, I hope that you feel appreciated, dude, because, um, you know, I've been saying it for, few years now and i don't think uh it's set in to me even but you know anytime i hear your voice or anytime i hear jason benetti's voice and especially when jay is around my son uh, i'm like yo i know that guy and he's really good at his gig and he's like oh yeah and i'm like yeah man they're like these dudes they started somewhere this ain't the end but you know i like tracking yeah. Good careers, great careers, and even better when you get behind the scenes and get to know a person, you know, have have a drink with a person or just talk shit with a person. We play Call of Duty together. Like these things I'm appreciative of. So yeah, appreciating the appreciation is uh, is key. And I know you still have that in you. And it's, it's, I think it's good that those things still give you that rush because that means it's, you know, it can be renewed for you. Yeah, over and over. it can generate again. It can yeah. regenerate because when it stops, it's that's maybe that's that's when you when you know that's when it's time to hang it up or do something else or you know not invest as much time or whatever. And that that I'm not ready for that. Yeah. That's, that's hopefully long. Yeah, I heard I heard a wise man say not too long ago. The biggest mistake we make is loving things that don't love us. Yeah. So when, <laughs> when we keep getting love from the same shit that that you love, man, like I. Yeah. Reciprocity is a beautiful it's amazing. thing, man. It's <laughs> Reciprocity amazing. is it's a amazing. beautiful thing. See? Who'd have, 
Who the thought today was Therapy Thursday, huh? We turned yeah. it into it, man. <laughs> hey, pretty it's much the, every, pretty much everywhere. The, hey, that's 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 what it's supposed to be, though. You know, y'all loosen up a little bit out here. What's up, Tony Gill? Look at oh, look at Tony, guy. Been sitting here for a little bit. I see you. I see you, Tony. Hi, Tony. The oldest baby face man. The baby face man. The the, the old baby the, face. The geriatric baby. The man. The man. I'm not aging more than that. He's that never been carded in his life. <laughs> but the problem is, Tony only drinks warm milk. So he's not. And sure, he's drinking. It's not true. You know, you know. I drink the freshest. <laughs> and this, and this, only the freshest. This is the, part, this is the part about Tony. Tony can be fully judgmental because he lives a pure life. He does live a pure life. You know life. what I'm saying? Like, so Tony. Yeah. Like, it feels good to be a, up, on that, up on that high horse. Right. Right. <laughs> He's, he's he's one of the few colleagues. <laughs> he's one of the few colleagues I've ever had where anything he says, I'm like, you're probably right because you don't do half the rock shit. That I do. And never mind all the bad things. That a, a, li- a life of sin is uh, easy to scoff at when you haven't sinned. Yeah, that's, that's, I understand it, man. My story is gonna be way more awesome than his. 100. Yeah, that's all it is. That's all it is. Hey, yeah. man, I appreciate you. Oh, man. Love. Appreciate you. Yes, sir, man. Hey, see, we got the first one out the way. The first in-home, you know, full-go podcast interview. I can't wait for droves of NFL players <laughs> and NBA players <laughs> to be pulling up here, you know, right off the 94 Expressway uh, to just come hang out. And the, well, the bay bag is that outside. <laughs> you already know the vibes. I'm not going to have anybody come in here stopping them. I'm not gonna do that, you know. Just try not to make it I, I gotta silly, protect you know? my yard, you know. You, know what I mean? you gotta protect my yard. You gotta get some more decorations though, you know. We need like a neon sign with your name yeah. on it. We need some plants, you know, like we gotta get the that going, bro. Is, though, Chris, this is this is no usually vibes? a therapy office. That's so, right, yeah. For the this people, is a very therapeutic couch. Yeah, so feels- there you go, the there you go. By the way, I have the most expensive shit in here, right? I got, I got my, I got my Hebrew Brantley figurine, and I got a, I got a, a one of five picture that Hebrew Brantley painted. And it's facing the wall over there because if it were right here, then someone on a Zoom who is seeking therapy from my lovely fiance yep. would maybe be triggered because of the colors or whatever the case may be. So it has to be this. Got to be soft colors. Yeah, yeah it's got to be soft this. landing spot. Yeah. So let me tell you this right now, Chris. If you see all of those things, know something went terribly yeah. wrong. <laughs> if you don't see this yeah. couch yeah, yeah, anymore, yeah. know that but the pot, is in a rough spot. Yeah, but the pot is going to be lit because <laughs> there's going to be vitriol. <laughs> and all that empathy that we talked about in the beginning Not of this pot will be going well. out the door. Not yeah, 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 yeah. You, you think you want to hear some things about the Chicago White Sox? This is the serene pod. <laughs> Wait till wait till these pictures start going up on these walls. Then all of a sudden, yeah, Chris gets, you know, hell's coming to breakfast for you, buddy. <laughs> but thank you, yo. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. My man, Adam and me, right here on the Full Go Podcast. It's Chicago in the house. Let me hear you say yeah. Yo, you listening to the Full Go Podcast with my man, Jason Golf. It's your boy, Dave Jeff. Holla at y'all. Much love. That's all the time we have for episode 284 of the Full Go Podcast. want to thank our guest for the entire pod, my man Adam Amin, always gracious with his time. One of the best in the industry. 
bar none. I'm not even talking about his talent on the play-by-play side of things. Just, just a solid cat. So thanks for hanging out with us. Truly appreciate it. As always, we want to thank our production staff, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, the exceptional one, our guy Kyle Williams, the chief vibes officer himself, Chris Sutton, and my main man, Tony Gill. For the fellas, I'm Jason Goff. Thanking you for downloading this thing. Thank you for subscribing to it, following us on the socials, doing whatever you do, sharing this thing with your family and friends. We truly, truly appreciate it. Make sure you rate and review us. Give us the five stars you know we need. If not, we'll see you in the streets, of course. And as always, remember a few things. Take care of each other. Be safe and stay separate. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Must be 21 and over and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. 1-800- Nine with it in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.